0: How are you guys doing? is Tim Nelson with REMAX Classic in Somers, New York and Real Estate Live. Thank you all for coming in and today I have Jim Bergstrausser. He's another REMAX agent in the office. He's a broker associate here. He, all, he grew up in North Salem, lives in Hopewell Junction with his wife and three daughters. Now, thank you for coming on the show. Would you like to tell us a little about yourself? Sure, sure. I've been selling real estate for
1: 34 years now and... Uh and uh, co-founded the Remax office uh, years, years ago, I guess 33 years ago with, uh, with John Piazza. And uh, I enjoy selling real
0: estate, so that's what I continue to do. Well, it's always a beautiful thing. Now, can you tell us a little bit about what a distressed property is? A distressed property in the
1: institutional sense is a, is a property owned by a bank and usually managed by an asset management company. Um, It could also be a company that invests in mortgages, non-performing mortgages, that takes back the mortgage and and then disposes of the property that way. Um, But in a sense of REO, as they say, real estate owned or bank owned or institutionally owned, that would that's that's kind of where they come
0: from. Okay, got it. So you said you've been in real estate for 30 something years how many of those years were you with working with distressed properties? I started working with distressed properties actually pretty early in my career. Um, it was,
1: I'll uh, uh, date myself a little bit, it was back in, it was called the savings and loan crisis or the savings and loan debacle and uh, I'll date myself further and mention <laughs> a, a bank, uh, dime savings bank, uh, when, when they went under. Um, Realist, uh, bank owned properties, it was, was very different back then. I, the, the asset managers actually drove to your office, usually out of Manhattan, uh, met with you, and you actually, they actually looked at the property with you and, and formulated a marketing plan and, 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 and sold it through there. Um, and then I kept, when that, when that ended and slowed down, my name was in front of some, some, some of the banks and, and, and they would continue to use me for, uh,
0: for their periodic bank owned properties. Wow, it's so. pretty cool. So can you tell us a little bit about the pre-foreclosure process? Like has a home become pre-foreclosed on? For, uh, the first obviously is uh, someone's not paying their mortgage. Um, um,
1: the first uh, legal document I guess that the bank fires out is called a list pendants and it's, it's filed in the courthouse. So you can see as you can see when a property has a list pendants filed on it. Um, Usually the property is still occupied. Obviously, the occupant still owns the property, um, but that's the first uh, first step in, in, in the foreclosure process. Um, after that, uh, a, a date is set um, uh, for a foreclosure auction on the on the county courthouse steps, either in uh, Poughkeepsie, Carmel, or White Plains, um, and that's where the bank, a uh, referee, an attorney assigned to the to the to the case auctions it at on the courthouse steps, um, and that's where investors would come and and, and bid on it. Uh, no broker is involved at that point. Um, many times the highest bidder is going to be the bank or possibly a, a, a second mortgage or an equity line that wants to protect their interest. They will be the highest bidder to take the property back if, if the investors don't fit high enough. So can you tell us a little bit about the auction process you were just saying? Yeah, the auction. Well, that auction is 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 done by by an attorney. They call it a referee. Um, Those are what are posted in the in the in the newspaper when you read 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 for the the, you know the legal notices in the in the the paper. There are other auction um, types of sales for bank-owned properties. Sometimes when the property is taken back by the bank. Instead of using a broker, there are auction sites uh, that that they use to try to try to auction it, just like whatever eBay or, or, or an online auction site. Um, most, however, generally select a broker and and market it conventionally.
0: Okay, so then how does how does a realtor get involved with that then? How do they pick a realtor? Uh, that's a good question.
1: Realtors ask me this all the time. Um, in, the old days, you did a—you uh, you may, you might do some work for a bank. In other words, they may have, they may want to know the value of some of their delinquent um, um, properties, and you would do a broker price opinion, um, or drive-by inspection, or an occupancy check. Um, and in the old days, if you did, you know, several of those, and you had a good relationship with the people, you would be rewarded with a listing, you know, down the line. Now it's, they've separated that out. They've seen a conflict of interest probably with that. And now it is more of a a networking and probably membership in some of the online um, portals that they use, which are usually fee-based. It could be, you know, a couple thousand a year, a few hundred every six months, uh, fee-based type type membership. and there are people um, also that network, Go. they may go to a, a banking seminar or symposium and, and try to physically shake hands with,
0: with asset managers. Okay. So who decides if a property should be auctioned off or listed with a realtor? That would be the, the, the bank. Uh, well, the first... The
1: courthouse auction is is mandatory. The only way a a bank can take back a property is through the auction process They don't just come in and take the property. It has to be auctioned um, uh, For fairness, I guess uh, obviously to to everybody involved Um, After that the marketing of the property Um, most of the properties are When we say bank-owned you generally don't see the name of the bank. You don't see Bank of America or or uh, usually you see an asset management company these are right. companies that the uh, banks hire to to uh, dispose of the properties
0: um, and they, they would be the decide around how it's marketed right right that. so for all, for all the investors do you know what you need to bring to an auction uh, well to an auction on the courthouse steps
1: is it, uh, is you know certified funds you're actually signing a you're signing a contract uh, and putting uh, putting a deposit down with certified funds on that day. Um, so th- th- that would be, on the, um, on the properties that are already taken back by the bank and on an auction site, they're generally, um, generally, uh, where, you, where you bid on it, you can see it being bid on. And then if you're the winner, you may have a, a $2,500 visa uh, earnest money deposit for for that.
0: Okay, uh, at that point. So, so how risky would you say investing in a foreclosure is compared to other properties? It's no
1: riskier than than any other property. Um, the only thing is um, not obviously having any contact with the previous owner. Um, if you do your due diligence, it shouldn't be risky. Um, I always suggest to my clients to visit the building department. Possibly the board of health um, to see if there are any violations. A lot of properties are uh, lack the proper paperwork for for their um, certificate of occupancy. In other words, there's open building permits, or they've added a deck or finished a basement, um, and these properties are generally sold as is. So the bank is not going to clear those issues. So so you need to know you need to know what you're getting into. So it, it shouldn't be any more risky. Obviously, you know no no different than no different than than buying it It, you know things break things happen you just don't have an owner to talk to uh so so maybe a little more you know you're gonna have to expect you know expect issues
0: exactly so in terms of a buyer are they purchasing the home unseen or can they view the properties no no they're they're um they're generally generally viewable
1: once they're listed with a broker. The properties that are sold on the courthouse steps, um, usually not. Those may be still occupied, in which case case the new owner is going to have to work on the eviction. Sometimes they're vacant and accessible, but most of the time they're not. So those are the sight unseen. And that is why probably most investors don't go so high and why most of the time the bank is the highest bidder. At least, at least in our area, you know, in, in these current times. Yeah,
0: definitely. So, is there like a different process for foreclosures compared to listing a regular property as a broker to list yeah. uh, the property? Um,
1: not really. It's a little more labor intensive. A lot of the, a lot of the institutional sellers have a lot of, um, I, you know, you have to make certain property visits. Sometimes you have to do uh, minor property management. Uh, you might have to keep utilities on, uh, um, work, work minor repairs and plowing and grass cutting. Uh, most of those companies are, so yeah, there's a, there's a little more legwork, I guess, as opposed to a, a you know a, a property that you're selling for uh, for uh, on a regular uh, situation.
0: All right, is it would there be a difference from that's on the seller side? How about a buyer's agent coming to view the property—is it the same process? Generally, yes. Generally, yes. Some of the processes—I um, should—I
1: should—I should—I should take that back. Currently, a lot more banks are requiring the buyer's agent to upload their own offer through a website, so that the listing agent might not be involved until after an offer is accepted. Um, I think a lot of banks are doing that to f- prevent shenanigans between agents um and and they want to see the offer as it's being put in um in real time uh so so yeah it's a little it uh, can be a little bit different for, for a buyer's agent a right little more um a um, little more you know a little different than just dealing with another
0: broker you're dealing with a website right definitely can can you explain what a, a short sale property is a short sale would be a sale prior to foreclosure,
1: uh, where, where the property, um, probably the market value of the property, is not as high as the amount owed. So, on a short sale, uh, it, uh, an offer would have to be negotiated through the mortgage holder to to allow them to sell for less and possibly take less than
0: than than what's owed. Gotcha. And what kind of time frame is something like that? You're expected to sell the property for the short sale. Yeah, for the short (laughs) sale.
1: For the short sale, um, it 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 really depends on on the bank. In 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 the past, the uh, the timeline is a little bit longer. There's a lot of uh, a lot of processes that have to go through. Uh, In other words, the bank needs a lot of financial documents from the seller to make sure they're not just getting out of a bad deal and and you know wanting the bank to take a loss. So they have a lot of due diligence to do, and it really can vary on, you know, it generally takes a long time, and that's why a lot of buyers kind of would look at a short sale and say, well, this is, you know, if you've got to be in in 60 days,
0: this might not be a good a good option. Right, right. So it's how different is the process from short sale to foreclosure? In terms of the
1: timeline? Timeline, yeah. Much different. The, uh, the foreclose? REO properties that are institutionally owned. Uh, the timeline is very tight. The contracts are; they generally want contracts signed within three to five days. Wow. Um, they are generally um, generally on a cash sale, allow thirty days, and on a finance sale, you know, forty-five to sixty, which is which is generally in, in New York State a short period of time, just because we have we are an attorney state plus. Yeah, I guess the banking regulations in New York are different than some states. Um, so yeah, the timelines are very short uh, and non-negotiable. However, it, I've never had a I've, I've I've never had a down payment willfully <laughs> defaulted upon, or 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 taken uh, for not working within a timeline. You 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 have to sign time is of the essence contract which says it has to close on that date or before. However. The banks are not in the business of keeping your down payment if it takes longer. So as long as you can document what you're doing and what stage you're at, you might be waiting for a survey, uh, you might be waiting for a title. Um, as long as you can document that, you can get short extensions uh, a couple of times before the bank starts wanting to send your down payment back and go on with another deal. Okay. So what kind of like financing is allowed for foreclosures? Any kind of financing is allowed. However, most foreclosures are not financeable conventionally because they're in poor condition. So, and the bank is not going to make any repairs. Generally, once they put it on the market, it's as is, strictly as is. Um, So most uh, financed, um, even if the repairs are not that great, most financed um, uh, deals use an FHA 203K. Uh, or what, I guess what's called a home styles loan, um, which allows you to close with imperfections on title, and or with the house, and then fix them yourself post closing. So, all
0: right. Can you go over the the contract process for a foreclosure? Contracts, like I said, were very tight. Um, they're prepared by an attorney
1: that um, um, generally works with the bank and does a lot of them. They send them out very quickly. They want them signed very quickly. Um, if you have an attorney that wants to mark up a contract and put their own rider on, the answer is most always no. Uh, it's take it or leave it. So a lot of attorneys, um, a, lot of it, uh, a lot of it, it's a good idea to use an attorney on the buyer side that's done a foreclosure or two before so they know what to expect. So you can't have an attorney, you know, changing dates and they're all, they're, they're kind of written in stone. They're, they're non-negotiable. So um, you need an attorney that obviously is to protect you, but also not to protect you from getting a good deal. And then also an attorney just to uh, assess your risks, what you're getting, you know, what the risks of signing a one-sided contract
0: uh, would be. Oh well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You want to get someone who's done it a couple times on someone who hasn't done it before right correct correct well that's all i have today do you have anything else you would like to share out? no no I, I, I appreciate the opportunity <laughs> thanks for coming on <laughs> i learned a lot and next week we're gonna have steve ross talk about modular homes until then thanks for listening and see you next week